Good morning, everyone, and welcome to All Things SR. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. And how, and how are you doing today? I am doing well. Had a very good. intense but good week. Lots of work. I was in Newport, Rhode Island for some of the uh, week visiting a friend, so I was working remotely. Um, had a couple little brief uh, blips of fun in the midst of doing a lot of my work. Uh, so that mm -hmm. was really great. Got to uh, go on the beach for a little bit and had a beautiful sunset cruise um, out on the uh, Atlantic. It was really lovely. Nice. It was really, really lovely. That is nice. So pretty. It was a really, it was probably so the best the weather as well. Unlike, uh, unlike how it is today um, here in central PA. 76 degrees yeah, with 80 humidity. Yeah, that's no good. 80% humidity. It's welcome to Pennsylvania. Absolutely. That's the way it is. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to say good morning to everybody. Ashley, Ch uh, Shell, uh, Elena, Brenda, Ellie. Oh, Shell says it's 88 degrees right now at 6.04 a.m. Out in Las Vegas. I can believe it. Oh, and Ashley said she, I, I she overslept this morning. But you still made it, Ashley. That's amazing. You did. And of course. Yes, it's the humidity that kills you, Shell. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 11% humidity. Can you imagine 88% humidity? I know. I know our friends in New Orleans can. And I, they're having a heat wave in California. 113, Absolutely. Ellie said. Yikes. Yep. Yep. 130 in Phoenix, I heard. Yes, I saw that. And in Death Valley. So. And Shell said it was uh, yeah, no, I, yesterday. I, degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, I know we're talking in the U.S. Uh, <laughs> the U.S. frame of frame mind. Of mind. Uh, listen, my, my best day was when I was in Denver, Colorado, or in Aspen, Colorado, sitting on a park bench in a park, reading the Rocky Mountain, Sunday Rocky Mountain Times, and a whole bunch of people throwing Frisbees in the park in shirts and skins mm. at 33 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. And it was warm. Well, conversely, I, I spent a summer in Colorado and Denver, and actually Englewood, and... It was probably in the 90s, and I thought it was in the 70s because there was such little humidity. It was lovely. <laughs> so uh -huh. it's just so good to see everybody. Becky, Betty's saying she hears an echo. Hmm. I don't, I'm not sure where. It might, maybe it's on uh, your end. I'm not sure because I'm not seeing yeah. anything that would. Is it to just? That. Is it just me, guys? Any. Let us know. Brenda saying 84 degrees feels like 92. Humidity is 81 percent, and the high will be 96 in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Sounds like here. Although tomorrow we're supposed to get really yeah. dead rain. And Betty saying thoughts and prayers to the people of Vermont. Poor Vermont, Elena said. Oh, listen, I was so much what? devastation. I Not know, something they really they're used hit. to in that area. Absolutely. So good to see everyone. I, I, I can honestly say that um, I was watching something on the news the other day, or last yesterday. And they showed a part of Rockland County that I lived in, mm. Stony Point. And they, they got hit just as bad as uh, Vermont, New Hampshire did. And uh, also up in Putnam County, another county I lived in in New York for a yep. short time. Yep. It's Crazy. the weather has Crazy. been wild. It's 83 in Miami, Laura says. Yes, it has. Um, so it's going to be a hot one. We are in the Ides mm -hmm. of July. Summer is in full swing, so 
And as, as I asked Kenzie yesterday, it's about 10 more weeks to autumn. Yes. Do not wish the summer away, Pam. Please. I, I, do, I do. I do. The autumn is so much nicer. The beach is nicer. The water is warmer. <laughs> I seriously love all the seasons. Good. But I'm not ready for it. the warmth to be ending yet. You know how it is. <laughs> oh, Betty said she had to shut down the program and log in again. The echo is now. Oh, sorry, Betty. Sorry, Betty. But thank you for doing that. So, so we have, you know, I, it's it's hard to believe just a week ago, SR was on um, joining us in the chat. That was so much fun. Mm -hmm. He really enjoyed it, too, which, uh, was. which he mentioned he when did. we were... Uh, emailing this week so yes yes and of course he he did enjoy it he's like he's like oh it was really good i really <laughs> liked it <laughs> yes so we will try and have so, him and, and we'll, uh, we'll try and have him on again of course i always i always tell him he's welcome anytime it's just like what i said yes. to Erica when we saw her you're welcome anytime to join us so, you know, that's up to her, but she doesn't like to do interviews, yeah. so. Yes. That's okay. Yeah. She was lovely. I I know yesterday she and Lucy Score, another author, um, had a chat together. And I think it's somewhere out on Instagram on the Lucy Score account. So I I'm, was sad I couldn't, I, I was working because it was during the day, but um, I'm sure they had a great time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Betty, we promise. We don't uh, bite. And no, similar. no, we don't. Yes, that's true. Anyhow, they were discussing uh, Erica's book, The Misses, and um, which I finished this week. I I know you said you were reading it. You finished it this week. How was it? Yes, no I spoilers. Did. It was good. Please. It was really good. I enjoyed it. No spoilers. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I. I, I just, uh, I muchly liked it. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, I love it. I love it. You muchly liked it. So great. I muchly liked it, yes. Yeah, I'm looking, so, forward, so, I'm looking forward to reading that. Hi, Deanna. Good to see so, you. Anyway, and we're finally finishing chapter 15. Yeah. Now, it didn't go as bad as chapter 10. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite as long, but uh, no. there's a lot of goodness. Um, this is still, we're in the chapters that we just saw in Redemption Part 1 um, from Passion Clicks. So mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys, but it's really fun to reread what you just saw on the screen. Really, really fun. It is. And um, we have oh. a, a couple people mentioning the missus in the chat. Uh Elena said, I like the missus a lot, but the mister was a better read for me. And Betty said, I haven't read it yet. I hope to read it this summer. It's on my to read list. Same with me, Betty. I have it go. and I'm looking forward to reading it right now. I am debating whether or not to read the mister before the missus or just go straight into the missus. So, a lot of people did that. Yeah. I'm uh, a lot of people did read the mister first. I'm uh Going back and forth on that. And yes, Betty, I was going to say Betty, this. We are, we are closer to the next chapter, chapter 16, that is. Another appearance of my blessedness, Team Paul. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, one of my favorite scenes in the Redemption Part 1, the film, uh, is next chapter. So that'll be good. That's true. That is true. It'll be good. It will be. It'll be good. And, and uh, you know, and uh, let's hope and pray the actors and uh, Street Actors Guild and everybody gets themselves together so we can uh, hopefully get some more product out of Passion Flicks at some point in time. And, uh, you know, now that they're on strike. Yes. And, uh, I don't know if any of you saw Deborah Messing's uh, conference, news conference about it. She's a fiery character. She really it is. was um, She's good. Uh, Fran, Fran Drescher, you mean? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. The nanny, uh, yes, the nanny. She was uh, really well spoken. It was really good. She was very, very good. They have a great advocate um, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, for the negotiations with uh, Fran Drescher. Um, really, really impressed. It's it's going to be quite um, interesting to see the negotiations unfold. Um, I am really curious about how things, how long this is going to go. They, there's many different uh, takes on that. Um, oh, I know. Well, well, what got me was one of the. Uh, Producers who's, who's a part of the uh, the what was it, the A N P something or other uh, anonymously gets had a comment put out saying that he hopes everybody loses their houses on this strike. Lovely, lovely is right. And and you know what? Ha- having known a, a few what I call jobbing actors. Mm-hmm. They don't make a lot of money, to be honest with you. I mean, if they can make $26,000 a year, they do get their health benefits, but they're on the sad side. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, not, you're not a big name, so you're not going to make uh, a fortune doing what you're doing. Anyway. Well, and there's a lot of uh, comments in the chat regarding this as well. Betty loves Fran. Mm-hmm. Brenda said, um, yeah, regarding Passion Flicks, they were supposed to film three projects this fall. It hurts everyone. And yep. Shell said her speech, Fran's speech, was clear, precise, and to the point. I totally agree, Shell. I was really impressed. Um, Betty said, here's a thought. Passion Flicks should hire Fran for a future film. <laughs> well, they hired the professor for Driven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they could. You never know. Yep. And Brenda said that was an article in Vanity Fair. She thinks where that um, statement came from. Comment made was, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how things unfurl. Um, lots of reality shows I, I'm anticipating because they can still do reality shows. Um, they'll, they'll still do those with... Uh, unscripted mm-hmm. and non-professional people um mm-hmm. and i know that of course they have a lot of things the industry has a lot of things already in the can but without the actors to be promoting you know i don't know if you guys saw maddie's post um maddie um, the actress in the amy benson series but she did a final post before the strike saying this is my last promotional post for Amy Benson um, and she explained why and she is um, very very actively supporting the union Um, Andrew had a great post yesterday (laughs) he said it's take your family Mm -hmm. to strike day (laughs) and because he had there you go they were they were at the picket line at Disney because they were on on a vacation in Disney but he was there supporting um, cause he's obviously a card carrying member. Um, Brenda notes that, that the article, they said that 98% of the people who are SAG have to make $27,000 in order to get health insurance. So a lot of them don't even have it through them. Um, it's true. Betty's saying, I'll my, read my... more books. I floor as well. And, um, I agree, Brenda. I thought yeah, that was I, really good that uh, Maddie said that. Um, mm-hmm. She's such a good, uh, she's so good. It doesn't mean they're not going to post. They're going to post their own stuff, but they're not doing any promotion. Um, I've already heard right. they're likely going to be postponing some of the awards shows because um, the actors mm-hmm. won't strike, won't show up. Um, Oppenheimer uh, at the, they were at the premiere and then as a group they left the premiere um that's right and there was when they got word they were doing the premiere when they got word of the strike so they finished the line and left yep is what i read yep and uh, but on monday night it, it, for those of you who are looking forward to seeing oppenheimer i am kind of um msnbc at, i think at eight o'clock joe scarborough's having a whole uh special dedicated to oppenheimer and he interviews a bunch of the cast members. 
That will be great. Uh, on and and because I, I think he. I think he was in London last week of the week before doing that. So it was before the strike, so it'll be okay. Yeah. But in any event. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, as Betty notes, um, I'm so happy we got the redemption premiere before the strike. Very true. Mm -hmm. Elena said it, that, that statistic um, was posted on IG, and she said that it, how sad is that statistic. And Brenda said, I really... Uh, I'm guessing don't watch TV anymore. So as far as that goes, I'll be okay. Well, and there's more content right now than they can deal with. And I feel like that's where the, um, the studios are kind of feeling a little more smug because there is a lot of content currently out there, but mm -hmm. it's not going to be for long and people are not, the audiences are not going to, um, be patient about it. You know, they were so afraid that film was dying after COVID. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like it's it's very callous and cavalier um, the way they're they're approaching things. So going to be interesting to see. Uh, it will be. It will be. And but uh, we we do have other things to watch and. I, I refuse to watch reality shows because I always tend to lose brain cells every time I watch them, and I don't have that many left to begin with. So. <laughs> well, not all reality shows are created equal. Uh, and I, I mean, reality was no. that I'm in, even including like some of the Food Network things, and you know, like true, like contests, true. Food Network type stuff. HGTV. So I, 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 you know, I, I'm I've not been watching House Hunters International for a while now. So yeah, that's as close to reality as I'll get yes. of the unreality because I know I'm ever <laughs> be able to afford to live in another country at this time of my life. But <laughs> visiting is another story. Uh, Elena said, anyway. "Yes, I'll just have to watch the Gabriel Driven series over and over and over again. <laughs> what a hard cross to bear." And Shell said they would not have their business without the writing and acting, yet they treat them abhor abhorrently. Yes, Shell, totally agree. And, you know, that is really one of the biggest pieces of news this week um, from SR World. Uh, Pam, I mm -hmm. know SR didn't have much, but he did say... No, he didn't. He did say that Betty alerted her, alluded SR, to the... Uh, Amazon and Apple Books, and that they are, uh, the ebooks of the Gabriel series are on sale temporarily. So go, Betty. And SR wanted, for you. SR wanted to make sure people knew that. So if you have friends who haven't read the series yet, uh, let them know. They can mm -hmm. they can access them. They electronic and become Team Gabriel or Team Paul <laughs> or Team. <Blue. laughs> So, Whichever. Yes. As as well as, who is that? Um, clueless. Whatever. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> well, and I'd be remiss if not saying, in addition to Oppenheimer premiering this week, uh, the very important uh, cultural phenomena of the Barbie movie also premieres this day. Barbieheimer. Yes. Barbieheimer. Yes. Which, I, which is making me laugh because a lot of theaters are selling them as a double feature. Yes. <laughs> yes, I think uh -huh. I think people are getting creative. That is good. Well, and <laughs> Betty. Hey, listen, I remember as a kid going to double features a lot, especially on Saturday. Mm-hmm. On you know in the winter and the rainy days and stuff, uh, we'd uh, you know walk down and literally I could walk to the movie theater from my house. And uh, sit there for a double feature and walk home, and my mom never had to worry about me. And if the nuns saw me going to Pops for candy, they, they would yell at me. But if they didn't, I got away with it. <laughs> Pops was a candy store that was right next to the movie theater. And uh, according to what I found out later on in life, Pop used to take the boys into the back room and show them all the Playboy and whatever magazines were there. <laughs> 
And so that's why the nuns would get upset at that. <laughs> Sounds like he was quite a character. Um, Betty's noting she's recruiting more members for Team Paul, Team Gabriel, she said, as if. And of course, Shell does not disappoint and says Team Gabriel in caps. Um, and the Roman is on sale for five ninety nine. Yes. I recommend the ebooks. They can go with you everywhere, Betty Notes, which is true. Even if you have the paper books. That is and that, I've done that before, too. Even if I have a paper copy, I often will get, um, especially if it's on sale, I'll get the electronic copy so I can take it with me to read. So. Uh, oh, yeah. And I also get the audibles. So <laughs> I'm covered on all bases. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Speaking of Team Gabriel, um, at this part of the chapter, we are just, Julia was just introduced as the rock star, the rising star, the rock star at Harvard. Um, and she is heading to the stage. She, she, she was heading to the stage. She gave her lecture. She was nervous, but she presented her content. She was taking a pause and not the audience because they were applauding her. Uh, several of the academics were nodding their heads and whispering to one another. Um, and then they saw professors Pictum, Marinelli, and Emerson. Or she, she had seen Gabriel was smiling and he winked at her. Um, he was really happy with her delivery um, and you can tell Picton they were they were very proud of her for presenting this paper and she was smiling and scanned the crowd and said were there any questions and I thought they did this well in the in the film in terms of in the movie there yeah. was there was this moment and it did seem to last forever and you know, just when you think there were no questions and she was going to say thank you and take her seat, Krista raises her hand. She could not help herself. She had to ask a question. She had to kind of get in Julia's head. And Pacciani did not want Krista to talk. He grabbed her elbow roughly. She pulled her away from him and stood up to ask her question. I have a question, she said. <laughs> As Shell says, are there any questions? Dun, 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 dun. dun. Um, and Betty says, hey, Julia, Paul is in the audience CFP. too. Just saying. And Flora goes, ugh, CFP. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. She could not help herself. And I think it's really telling, especially when Pacciani tries to get her to settle. I mean, how disrespectful to him. She had no... A absolutely. You know, he got her in. And she was completely disregarding his request to, and his direction to not get into it and not make a scene. Mm -hmm. So... All eyes went to Krista, waiting to see what she was going to say, especially after the confrontation with the Emersons, because everybody knew by this point that Krista had it out for them and that she was telling all these stories that Catherine kind of squashed. <laughs> Betty... To quote Perling. She told Krista. <laughs> CFP burning bridges while still standing on them. As Shell notes, that's a, a perfect phrase. And that's the truth. Yeah. And boy, Julia was anxious because she did not know what was going to come out of Krista's mouth. That's for Krista sure. Krista started by saying, there are many holes in your paper. Um... It starts with the research. 
Um, I, and she said, really, I just don't know where to start with this. The majority of the papers accept that Francis came for Guido. A few papers deny that Guido appeared, but no one, no one thinks Francis appeared but Guido's soul. So Krista's starting to skewer all of her arguments, or so she thought. Um, mm-hmm. Krista continued saying that either Guido was lying or he isn't. It isn't like half and half. It's not like cream. And a few people smirked and laughed. Krista went on to say she had not mentioned the beginning of Canto 27 when Guido explained to Dante that he was telling the truth because he thinks Dante will spend the rest of his eternity in hell and would not be able to tell anyone what really happened. And that passage shows that Guido is telling the truth about Francis's appearance. And she's so smug as she continues saying that if she... If Julia had read Professor Hutton's seminal work on the organization of the Inferno, then she would have known that he thought the demon's speech was reliable because his words were historically accurate. So Hutton thought that Francis appeared for Guido's soul, too. And she smugly smiled and sat down. Yes, as (laughs) says the witch with a B sat down waiting for Julia Uh to begin with a crappy smile on her face. As as Shell says, hashtag sketchy, Guido is sketchy. Mm -hmm. Um, And Krista, I would put, is sketchy as well because, you know, she is trying to throw Julia. I also think as someone who was also a student for her to have the the balls to stand up and question her like she is a full tenured professor I thought was a real misstep for Krista um, because she did not Krista was not reading the room well at all no she was not and she in fact missed Catherine's look that she gave to Pacciani and Catherine you could tell was angry it was very clear that she was holding Pacciani responsible for his guests' actions. Mm-hmm. And he was not happy with Krista's behavior. As he whispered in her ear, you can tell he was furious. And I thought Christian did a really good job in this scene, um, portraying his, his anger. He was, he was... Yes, he did. Um, he was boiling. Like, he was so, fr- he was so furious with her. So as all this was happening, as um, Julia stood there, kind of taking it in, and everyone was waiting for an answer from her. As as Elena notes, Chris is such a selfish bee. Yeah, <laughs> we wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't have expected anything else from her. It's always about attention on her, of course. And Shell notes she was on her own mission and had tunnel vision. With Gabriel at the end, <laughs> and Betty says Krista needs glasses. That is the truth. He was Krista needs a lot of things. He was not seeing clearly on any of this. You know. Meanwhile, as Julia's scanning the room, getting ready to to respond, uh, Gabriel is moving forward in his chair, ready to pounce, but then thought better of it and sat back. Um, Catherine narrowed her eyes at him and looked at Julia. Her face was a picture of confidence. And Paul muttered an expletive and crossed his arms. I mean, everyone was reacting to Krista's, pretty much Krista's attack of Julia. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Julia was a bit nervous. She pushed her hair behind her ears. And as her diamond earrings caught the light, she began her response. And Elena noted she was so pleased with how well they pulled off the scene. And they really did. It really, it was uh, really, really. They both were so good with this. Krista plays such a good, for such a a, a nice person, she plays someone so evil. Oh, she did a great (laughs) job. Pacciani, um, you know, with Christian Vitt, the same. I mean, man, they were. 
they were in their element and uh, Melanie just did such a great job portraying this. All of them, because all, you know, part of, mm-hmm. part of the most important thing of acting is reacting, right? You don't mm-hmm. have your line, but reacting in character is so important. And I mean, Julio did a great job, Paul, um, mm-hmm. James, uh, and of course, Catherine, you know, she just was smiling. Linda Atkins. She, she, cause you know, she knew she had that, she had confidence in her student and she knew Julia was going to hit it out of the park. Shell, Shell notes that Krista figured if she could make Julia lose, stupid Gabriel would fall into her <laughs> crotch. Uh, I mean, clutches. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what she definitely wanted. Yes. She was more worried about the crotch than the crutches. Um, <clears throat> this is air clutches. Anyway. So now, you know, so Krista gets up there and she started. She's just like, well, let me, let me take your first point. And she, she mentioned that some interpreters believe that Francis came for Guido's soul. And this was shown in the opening lines of Dante. Uh, Julia read the lines in Italian, and her pronunciation was pure and musical, which I'm sure irked Krista as well. Mm-hmm. And she stood a little taller and began. She's building up her confidence, I think, in this. But she said that in the passage, Guido says he's telling the truth since he believes that Dante is one of the damned. He blames everyone for his fate, from the Pope to the demons and to St. Francis. He's also saying that he has nothing to be ashamed of and that he would want to, to repeat it. He doesn't know what, uh, doesn't want to tip his hand. So the reason why he never, he, he gives a speech, uh, she quoted, and Julie recited the lines uh, that she may be forgetting. And, you know, that was interesting. First of all, let me, this whole chapter was, was kind. I, I told this to Leslie early before the podcast, and I said this to Esler too. I said this was a very hard chapter to compact, you know, capsulize because of the fact that there is so much information given, and you can tell that Esler really did a lot of research for this as far as, you know, breaking down the, this particular canto and everything. And so I don't want to be repeating the book but sometimes you have to anyway so we um we asked why did you choose the question krista asked and she's uh, so i responded saying krista is contemptuous of julia in previous interactions julia didn't assert herself and so i think krista believes that it will be easy to humiliate her there's a particular kind of viciousness in some academics that delights in humiliating colleagues in public. Uh, this can be done in a number of troubling ways, but one of them is to subtly ridicule someone's research in public. Krista's pointed question is meant to do just that. She was evil. And I, I did put that in the chat box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, as Julie is growing in confidence, Rather than meet Krista's quick gaze with a smile, she decided to look at her gravely and continues. She said, Dante tells Guido that he's going to tell his story to the world only after Guido recounts the story. We know Dante does not resemble the other shades physically, most likely because Dante is not dead. Krista raises her hand and starts speaking, but Julia cut her off by continuing to answer her question by telling her that there is a te- that there is textual ev- evidence. Julia said there was a parallel in the fifth uh, uh, canto of Purgatorio, and that's where Guido's son relates the story of how the angel came for his soul at his death. Maybe it's the responsibility of the angels and not the saints to ferry the souls to paradise. Thus Francis appears at Guido's death for a different purpose, Julia continued with her last point of Professor Hutton's work. If she was referring to fire and ice, desire and sin in Dante's Inferno, then your in, your characterization is incorrect. Now that's got to hurt. <laughs> that has got to hurt, Krista. Oh, yeah. Um, while, while she did not have a copy of the book with her, she said there is a footnote in Chapter 10 
in which he believed that Francis appeared because he thinks that the words of the demon were directed at someone other than Guido. But Professor Hutton believes he came for another soul or reason, and this was all that was said on the matter. So we had asked, also asked SR, he says, we, we know you did extensive Dante research in this series. Did you have any Dante experts review your passages? Um, and his reply was, there's a debate on how to read that passage about Guido. Over the years, I've discussed it with others, and I think Julia makes a convincing case. There's a theological puzzle in that passage about contrition and, absol and absolutely one that I think Dante is alive to. But the appearance of St. Francis is confounding and one that always diverts everyone's attention. I, too, am fascinated by it. I'm so glad you responded to that. I was hoping you would. Yeah, me too. I it's just, you know. And I'm wondering if he absolution, not absolutely. It could be. I'll open the book and look. <laughs> I think I think he did. I think he meant that. The theological puzzle in the passage about contrition and absolution, because they're they go together. Um yeah. I think that, uh, you know, <laughs> as uh, Shell noted, oh, how Krista failed epically in her attempt, um, which is true. And ouch, CFP, back at you. I mean, Julia really went for it. And, you know, I, I, I admire SR so much for delving into this. I mean, he definitely had a lot of research and this is an area that he's interested in. Right. So um, mm -hmm. yeah. we know that he is a fan and is one who knows Dante's work inside and out, uh, you know, in order to even come up with this idea of the story. So um, mm -hmm. I love the fact that he's engaged Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Shell absolutely. said, St. Francis took a wrong turn at Albuquerque on his way to heaven. That's why he was there. <laughs> he popped up his head and says, where am I? And Albuquerque, and they said, nope, cursed Amboy. <laughs> That's a Bugs Bunny reference. <laughs> so Krista rose okay. to argue she was ready to counterattack. And before she could start, an aged professor who was dressed neatly in his tweed turned to face her and gave her a contemptuous look and asked, can we move on? You have asked your question, and the speaker answered it quite adequately. <laughs> I thought the actor who portrayed Wodehouse was great. I mean, he really, he was, he really just, he was such like the curmudgeon. And Jess was like, I expected, I pictured him a little older though. Mm -hmm. I, I did too. I, 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 and I thought he'd be a little more ancient looking, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, more wiry white hair type of thing. Mm -hmm. But boy, he was good. Um, he was. And Krista was taken aback. She regrouped, protesting that she should have an opportunity to ask a supplementary question. And again, the audience whispered, but Julia noticed that they really had changed in their um, mumblings because they were looking at Julia now with a kind of muted appreciation. Julia won over the crowd with her proposal. You know, it was quite clear. People were impressed with her work and her research as well as her response. And, um, you know, I think they, for the first time, saw very clearly that this was not someone who was an academic lightweight who slept her way to her, to Harvard. Definitely. Mm -hmm. They really saw her for the academic um, superstar. That yes, she is. is. And, um, you know, in the chat, Elena noted, as much as she's capable of, Julia went for the jugular, jugular in her response. 
CFP was leaking blood after that one. Betty notes this scene was epic. I totally agree. And mm-hmm. Shell said the tweed and tortoise shell is a dead giveaway in academia. <laughs> academia. <laughs> yep. The professor of film that reminded me of my English teacher in high school, Betty said. <laughs> and Julia showed herself <laughs> to be knowledgeable and serious, was Shell's comment, which is really true. Which is why mm-hmm. the audience kind of um, were giving Julia the respect that she deserved. Uh, uh, and they definitely had turned away from Krista um, and were definitely now seeing that Krista might really be the, the issue, not Julia. So the professor, right. again, um, asked if they could move on so he could ask a question. He was asking the moderator, can we get on with this? Uh, and, and the moderator really should have shut down Krista Um Professor Wodehouse shouldn't have had to do that. The moderator should have stepped in. And no, said, he shouldn't have. But he 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 did after that, you know, discussion. Um, after Professor said, uh, "Can we get can we get on with it?" And mm-hmm. he turned to the moderator. The moderator then stepped forward and cleared his throat, saying to Krista, "If there's time, they would come back to her." But Professor Wodehouse had the floor at this time. Um, mm-hmm. Very true. <laughs> CFP mm-hmm. was flashy and cheap, Shell said. Um, true. <laughs> she definitely lost any kind of um, advantage she had with that interaction. And also the fact, you know, it's not just her questioning and her treatment of Julia, but then it's the fact that she continued to want to respond and disregard other academics in the room who had questions. I mean, she just was acting so inappropriately that, yep, you know, uh, Paciani is not going to recover um, from Catherine's wrath. Betty said, I wonder what Snarky would do if he were on set during this film. I don't know. Snarky would He'd probably sit back and, and still... Popcorn. He'd probably sit back and uh, sell popcorn and stuff for the show. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. So Professor Wodehouse thanked the moderator, stood up and removed his glasses, waving them in Julia's direction. He introduced himself as Professor Don Wodehouse of Magdalene. Julia was taken a bit back, concerning that he was as renowned as Catherine Picton herself. And he's stated that he was familiar with the note from old Hutt's book and that Julia had summarized it correctly. So dig right straight into, uh, absolutely there. (laughs) Shell notes Mm -hmm. snarky would bleed CFP dry. And Betty said, he would probably be making faces to Krista's comments. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So Wodehouse noted that there were, there was a different view taken by Emerson in his volume, but he sees she has not been swayed by him despite the fact that they shared the last name as he pointed towards mm-hmm. Gabriel. And there was laughter within the crowd, very good-natured um, laughter. And it's, and he also made a very good point with that, that, Krista did, that um, she does her own stuff. Right. As opposed to what Kristen... Right. Or Kristen that was really reinforced that, you know... By the way, we all noticed that you were, conf- you know, were you were conflicting with your husband here, that you were mm-hmm. were having a different interpretation with him. Gabriel winked at her proudly, and Wodehouse continued that as she pointed out, it was perplexing to see why Francis would appear at the death of a Franciscan, but we can assume as a fact that Francis's appearance to make sense of uh, to make sense of the demon's speech. So we're left with half and half, as Krista had pointed out. That half false and half truth seemed to pervade all of Julio's, or of, of, of Julio, of Guido's work. Julio? <laughs> um, the ambiguity and sophistry are one of would be expected of a guilty person of fraudulent counsel. So, you know, again, Wodehouse essentially, in Shell's fabulous vernacular, is sketchy Guido is sketchy. 
Um, he's mm-hmm. Roadhouse mm-hmm. is pretty much singing your song there, Shell. Um, Absolutely. Because he is someone who would be guilty of fraudulent counsel. So to Julia's relief, mm-hmm. Wodehouse tended to agree with her. And he also surmised mm-hmm. that old Hutt would have agreed with her as well. And Shell said, that's why mm-hmm. Guido is sketchy. <laughs> it's sketchy. Um, Elaine is also noting that at, at, it was also the tone in which CFP answered her question. When you start with, there's so many holes in your paper. So tacky. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And Betty was very happy that uh, you brought up that it brought that up, Professor Woodhouse, and clears his throat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having him uh, endorse, more or less endorse some of her reasoning. Absolutely. Um, and her interpretation of Hutt, um, old Hutt's uh, footnote. Um, I think was really I mean, that, that gives a, a lot, yeah, for an academic, that gives her a lot of accreditation for where she is. Yes. Yes. And it also relaxed Julia. Exactly. From that. So, yeah, but she's, she's waiting to have, to hear what he would say next. And so Professor Woodhouse glanced at his notes and continued. Uh, she had provided an excellent interpretation that was as good a theory as any, better than those that would attribute ignorance or injustice. But let's be clear, he said, that it was speculation. In slow voice, Julie agreed with him, and she would welcome any interpretations. The professor shrugged and said, well, who knows why Francis did anything. Perhaps he was to meet another soul in Assisi and had been waylaid by an opportunistic fraud. And then that the audience laughs. But he did have a question. He wanted to say to her more about it over the paper. He felt that it needed more attention, uh, and he wanted her to talk more about the agreement between Boniface and Guido. And if you remember from, from the last chapter, or from the uh, last podcast on chapter 15, Apparently, uh, Boniface wanted um, Guido to do, you know, bring, you know, be dishonest with the family and bring them out, saying they'd be okay, and they weren't. Yes. And then Guido went and had, you know, went, probably went to confession and had the absolution given, but it was the absolution before the event, not after the event, so it really was kind of useless. Um, oh, she, he said, but. Uh, he, he went on saying that when he sat down, Julia nodded and, and gathered her thoughts. She said the thesis was an interpretation of Francis' appearance, not Guido's sin, but she would nevertheless be happy to extend that part of her paper. She also continued on a short summary of Guido's encounter with Boniface and its aftermath. And she made a mental note that he thought her paper lacking and would expand on it with uh, potential of p- publishing it. Yeah, I mean that was so Betty's great that he yeah and Betty about it and Betty's happy. She says I'm so happy Julia did listen to Gabriel when he said he he didn't agree with her paper and she surely proved herself an excellent scholar and she is the promise of the future. Mm-hmm. This is very true. And Saint Francis does what Saint Francis wants to do. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So there were a few more questions that were asked and answered, and the monitor thanked Julia, and there was a round of enthusiastic applause, and many of the older professors nodding at her. The moderator uh, invited everyone for tea and coffee, but she noticed noticed that Professor Pacciani took Krista by the hand and led her away. As Julia reached Gable, Gabriel, she was searching for his face, and he was smi- smiling and linked their pinkies together and whispered, that's my smart girl. And that was the end of chapter 15. Yes, and, and Shell notes, I don't see it as he thought it was lacking. He was impressed and wanted more. I think you're right. right. I think you're right about that, too. Um, and, and her response, you know, to him mentioning that was the appropriate one. Um, 
you know, she, she more or less said, well, I was focusing on this issue. That's why this wasn't expanded upon, but that's something I'd consider. And then she also mm-hmm. could fill, you know, filled his, you know, filled the space for a couple minutes about that particular aspect. So it's not as if she couldn't have included it. She had chosen not to. And he's saying, you know, I'd like right. to see that in there. Um, so I thought it really, I thought that second, that follow-up really made Julia shine because, you know, mm-hmm. she was expanding upon what was on the page and went beyond what she had written, which I thought was good. That was good, yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that she could she could respond to it as well, that shows the academic side of her that she had looked into this and, it, you know, maybe it just wasn't pronounced enough in her paper that she thought. Yeah. And Betty says, so Julia didn't end her presentation by saying, you like me, you really like me. Oh, well, maybe next time. <laughs> no, 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 she did. She did not do the uh, Sally Field acceptance speech. Yeah. <laughs> and Shell said, Julia showed she knows she knew it, even if it wasn't in the paper to begin with, which is quite true. She specifically selected mm-hmm. not to include it because she wanted to have that narrow focus, which is what most of your advisors in academia want you to really be focused on your topic and not to ex- have extraneous stuff in it. Um, mm-hmm. That's always the challenge. So we, we asked SR, did Pacciani regret his decision to bring Krista? And SR said, I think Pacciani regretted bringing Krista. I don't think he truly understood that she was using him in order to get revenge, so it took him by surprise. Yep. I think he mm-hmm. did not fully understand what was going on. Krista was using him. Mm-mm. I think he yeah, thought he was. wanted to go there to make some connections. Um, he knew he didn't. she didn't really want him, but he was going to enjoy her anyway. Um, you know... Pacciani was blinded by lust, Sheld noted. Yeah, he, he more or less just wanted her mm-hmm. for his own purposes. Um, and he had no idea there was the all, all these ulterior plans and motives. No, he did. Yeah. But in the vernacular of the Brits, he just wanted the free shag. Yeah. And Brenda said, but why, but why was he really surprised they used each other? I don't think he was surprised they used each other. I just think he didn't know that she wanted to, was was going out of her way to embarrass the Emersons and going after them and then ultimately wanting Mm -hmm. um, Gabriel. I don't think he knew that piece of it, if if I'm remembering right. Um, Yeah, I I don't don't know whether it was... I know that she told him that she wanted the room for the night. Yes. But I mean, I mean, before. I don't know whether I'm getting ahead of myself. I mean, before he invited her. Right. Yeah. No, not before he invited her. And I think she more or less invited herself. Because he had wanted to get together with her earlier. Right. And she reached out and and said, let's meet up here. Um, and Betty said, mm-hmm. um, that's what Snarky needed to do. Bring a big sign saying sketchy Guido. Hashtag sketchy Guido. <laughs> mm-hmm. Facts, Betty. And Brenda said, well, he's low-key pissed because she doesn't want him anymore. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Wait till he meets up with Ava. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Betty said that was a great question and thank you Betty mm-hmm. Shell said he somehow thought she was had a foothold in the door and Betty notes Patiani was blindsided and he probably thought she shouldn't get enough of him she couldn't get enough of him well have we got news for you Betty <laughs> truth Betty <laughs> uh, facts Betty Forrest and Elena said, I don't think CFP's bed gymnastics outweighed what Pacciani wanted as a position in America. She put the damper on that for him. That's true. That's, that, that's true. And I'm sure she's, he, he's pissed at that as well. Yeah. 
Um, she absolutely did, Elena. Flora, Flora agrees with you. And Brenda said, yes, but mm -hmm. yes, what you are saying is true. He had emailed her and she finally reached out when it was convenient for her. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Betty said, I think we can make an educated guess that Krista didn't intend to and inviting Professor Picton to her room. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 you know, Betty, you're whole, I don't think that was the, uh, no, was going to happen. No. And, um, <laughs> can you imagine that scene? <laughs> the invitation, oh God, the discussion. No. Oh my God. Mm -mm. Not at all. Yeah. She truly, a, that would be, uh, Krista truly miscalculated on this on many. Yeah. Well, she's, she's so, she's so blind on making sure that she gets, she's got all her conquests in line. Yeah. And she never got Gabriel, so she went for it. Yet. Yet. She keeps trying. Mm -hmm. She's not done. She keeps trying. And she keeps going she after him. And he keeps, now he's very clearly telling her no and to stay away from him and stay mm -hmm. away from his wife, more importantly. And, and that's why. And if it hadn't been. If okay. it hadn't been for Julia getting him out of the bar with Ethan that, that from an, in Inferno, yep, chances are good he probably she probably would have had that opportunity. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. uh, and Brenda said, but the audacity of him to think he could get a position in the U.S. Um, when everyone has heard of how he sleeps, students. Inferno. Yep, true. <laughs> and Elena's like, la, 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 can't, fingers and ears can't go there with Picton. <laughs> no, I just think Catherine would have been like, out of her mind. Yeah, no, she would have shut no. her down. Kristen Pacciani were so intent on getting her their own way that they didn't see the writing on the wall. Yep, they kind of had their tunnel vision with their own, uh, you know, That's and true. goals in mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're both narcissists. Betty says, poor Krista. She burned so many bridges with an atomic bomb. You know, she's still consumed with her obsession that she thinks she still has a chance with Gabriel. Mm -hmm. You're right about that. And Flora said, exactly, Shell. Uh, mm-hmm. They both were blinded by each other. Finish her picnic, Betty said. And, uh, <laughs> mud fight, and, uh, mud fight. Brenda said, LOL, Krista is the, bomb, is the bomb, Betty. She blew herself up. <laughs> You're right about that. Mm -hmm. And true. she didn't fully understand what she was doing as it was happening. Boom, Brenda, Shell said. Very true. She did. Mm -hmm. She really just Absolutely. misread the situation and pretty much destroyed her chances of uh, a career in academia mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. Or at she least did. being taken seriously. You know. Why, you know. First of all, I don't see Krista graduating from any university with her PhD in, in uh, Italian studies or in Dante. Yeah. And going out and being a lecturer or even being in a university to teach. Mm -hmm. I find her traveling all over the world and saying, you know, that she's this big shot professor or whatever. And, uh, making conquests wherever she can without giving her any kind of a seriousness to her career. Right. She'd be like an Ann Singer. Right. Right. In many ways. And Brenda, Brenda notes that, you know, Krista knew what could or would happen. She just didn't give a crap. That is true. I don't think she, she I don't I don't think she understood I don't think she fully understood 
all the repercussions though. Um, especially with Pacciani. I think she felt like she had Pacciani on a leash and I don't think she understands how, um, how many things were riding on this, uh, event for him, you know, trying to, cons trying to really seal up a job in the U S uh, you know, mm -hmm. he really had his He's own goals in mind and Krista just made that hard for him. So I don't think she understood the repercussions that she was bringing upon herself with him. Um, mm -hmm. personally, um, Krista, or I'm, I mean, I'm... Shell said Krista went to the most prestigious academic center and acted a fool. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. And Betty doesn't think she'd graduate here and might join a convent. <laughs> oh, God. I could not see Chris in a convent. No. Um, Betty said, but Pre Professor Singer is a professor. Yes. She is. Uh, she is. And Chris, Krista could be, but I don't think she'd ever be as prestigious as uh, Gabriel or Julia or Paul or even or Catherine. And Estelle Note Singer had a good lawyer. Um, mm -hmm. And Shell also said the comment would be struck by lightning, Betty. <laughs> and, and Singer also is kind of pursuing her interest in the academic setting. She is looking into... Um, yeah, she's she's not just Dante. She goes into other areas yeah. too. Yeah, it's very very true. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, maybe Krista could get involved with her, and uh, they could do research on the Marquis de Sade. <laughs> Elena said Maybe Krista wouldn't off. last a week as a professor. She'd start out seducing her students. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Pain and academia. Egg? Come here. <laughs> Pain and academia, she said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is Singer's thing. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Betty said, I know Sugar would never take Krista as a lover. He's too smart for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my well, especially God. After, uh, especially after having to deal with stuff with the, with the Gabriel, too. So, no, she wouldn't. No. Krista, Betty's imagining Krista as singer's assistant or protege. <laughs> I don't know how that would work because Krista would try to take control of the situation. It would be, you know, two doms trying to dominate each other. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of difficult to do. Yep. I think Krista, I agree, Shell. I think Krista would irritate Singer. Singer would try and break her. I think. Yeah, because she tried to break everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, this is definitely setting things up for what's next um, for oh, Krista yeah. and for the Emersons and for Pacciani, you know. Mm -hmm. And this really what mm -hmm. this really moved the story forward um, in so many things. And also with Julia, with her confidence, her confidence in her path and her love. She's growing. She's growing. Yeah. And she know. I think this cements her understanding that this is where she should be and needs to be and deserves mm -hmm. to be and can be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And she's seeing that without doubting herself too. Too much. I mean, she's doubting herself as far as should I have put this into the, into my paper, but. But she's also taking it as a positive criticism of, of what she should be looking forward to. Yep. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yep. So, anyway, my friends, I am going to take us off until next week. Yes. What are when we? The showdown begins. What are we going out with? The Rolling Stones waiting on a friend. <laughs> so have a great week everybody talk to you all later take care everyone stay cool hydrate be kind bye